Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, the podcast about hilarious, embarrassing and cringeworthy moments from behind the casting room doors. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford and I'm your host, and together with my guests from the world of entertainment, each week we delve through listeners' submissions and tell the tales of when it didn't go to plan and all laugh together, and hopefully learn something too. I've worked in the theatre world for nearly 15 years as a performer and a casting director, and I have many tales to share from my own career, so many that I'm burning up even thinking about some of them. I really shouldn't have agreed to tell my bits too. <laughs> as you listen, please make sure you tweet us at, at don't call us pod on Twitter, and more importantly, email in your own audition tales to don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. We want our listeners' tales to be at the very heart of the show, so the more the merrier, and we've had some absolute belters come in this week, so buckle up, everybody. This week, my guests are the fantastic William Henry and Alexander Capon, two wonderful actors with excellent anecdotes from their own careers, and I know they are chomping at the bit to go through yours too. Uh, just a little note, um, I completely forget to introduce them individually, so Alex is the gentleman with the North American accent, and will does not have a North American accent. <laughs> so let's get to it. As ever, we start each episode asking our guests what auditions mean to them. I think it depends sort of on the type of audition. Generally, I'm, I'm the weird guy who I like auditions, um, especially uh, film, uh, anything to camera, uh, commercial auditions when it's really quick you don't have huge amounts of things to learn you just go in there and and sort of mess about for a bit I, I love those auditions uh, generally if I have to do because uh, I'm not really musical theater but I've done the the odd bit here and there um, so when I have to prepare for for you know a small musical show that's when I really get nervous squeaky bum time Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or generally theater, because you're usually preparing more content going in, um, so it feels a little bit more testing your uh, sort of memory and ab ability to remember scripts. Um, so that's a little bit more, uh, I think, scary. But I, I, yeah, I like auditions. Will, what about you? No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, I am a man that takes life at my own pace. Um, I equate <laughs> myself to the, the humble sloth. Oh and I God. find that auditions <laughs> just go past me so fast. I barely realise I've been in the room until by the time I'm coming out. I don't mind theatre auditions because I, I quite like to play around um, uh, uh, and kind of reinterpret things quite a lot. So if you get like a monologue that they've asked you to learn or sides, I feel like you get a good bash at it and you can kind of have a few goes in the theatre auditions. You tend to get a little bit longer. But in general, well, no, I... Uh, as I say, I just kind of come out and I'm like, did I even go in? What's happening? Oh, God. <laughs> no, you didn't, though. You've just been in the waiting room for three hours. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe this is the problem. It's why I never get any gigs. It's because I don't actually go into the auditions. You know you don't just turn up and sign in. You actually have to perform a bit of it. That's, oh, that's no. how. That's what you've been going wrong. Oh, no. To think, all that money wasted on drama school and I haven't <laughs> even been going into the auditions. <laughs> We're laughing and learning. We're laughing at <laughs> So I've got a few stories that were sent in uh, by listeners and uh, they're all going to be anonymous. They're all going to be, uh, names are going to be changed. Uh, and today, Except in ours. When except you, in yours, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's call this one Schmalix. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
they we, I've got a couple of bigger ones, but I'm going to start with a, a quick fire one for you. Okay. Uh, this was uh, sent in by an actor who went to audition for a kids show. So it starts. Oh, good. So I once went for an audition for a touring school show. I think the part was a caterpillar and the show was for four to eight year olds. Now, it was one of, if not my first ever audition in London. So I went in and I legitimately sang, Do You Hear the People Sing from Les Miserables? And I honestly, honestly didn't do it as a joke. I just plain didn't know any better. And clearly didn't know any of the songs. <laughs> Looking back, the panel must have been beside themselves with confusion. Lesson is, sing appropriate material, kids. <laughs> I kind of want to oh, see man. the Caterpillar play Jean Valjean now. I... I've I've got I've got a similar thing. I, I, admittedly, I was younger, but uh, you guys know lambda exams, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, first lambda exam, and I came to them quite late, so I think I only did two before I eventually went to drama school. Um, but my first lambda exam, I uh, you had to prepare your two monologues, and for my Shakespeare monologue, as a sixteen-year-old, I did King Lear. <laughs> hundred percent. Oh man! And after you do the monologue, you you have a little discussion with the examiner, and I was like, "Oh yeah, but in those times, people didn't live as long, so he was probably <laughs> younger than we think." <laughs> oh goodness me! Wow! Please tell me you like drew little lines on your forehead and kind of went. No, no, no! I did it very naturalistic. And... Very naturalistic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, whoever that was, that anonymous story, I feel like for a treat for us all, it's probably long enough in the past that they've recovered from the scars. They should put out on Twitter a video of them dressed in full caterpillar garb, singing the lamest song, Do You Hear the People Sing? I mean, my son has a hungry caterpillar costume, so I can be of use there. And I know who that was as well. Do You Hear the People Sing? It's coming together. I I do want to see a garden bug version of Les Miserables, like an outdoor touring production. Aimed for four to eight-year-olds about the French Revolution. There you go. Love you it. see, out of tragedy comes this beautiful idea, much like a caterpillar coming out of its cocoon as a butterfly. <laughs> We've come up with a new but, touring production. But I think I think we should defend, like, I, I remember what it was like, my, my first professional audition, and you're sitting there in, in the sort of waiting room, shivering. And I, actually, I remember um, a couple of years into the biz when I thought I'd I'd seen it all I'd probably had like it was probably like two or three years in and I'd had maybe 10 auditions <laughs> but I was at an audition and and me and my flatmate at the time found out we were both up for the same audition so Ooh. we went we went together and it was it was fine we were fine with it but what while he went in there was this other guy who came by who looked a little bit younger than me and who was clearly super nervous and thinking I had all this experience and had seen it all. I sat down next to him and I was like, Oh buddy, is, it, is this your first audition? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Oh man, you don't need to worry about it. They're going to be super cool. Everyone's really nice. You're going to go in there, just, just really chill out. And they just want, remember, they just want you to, to do the best you can do in the end. Me and my flatmate didn't get it. This guy did. <laughs> well, that would teach you not to talk to people. Screwed myself. I screwed it's myself the, out of the audition. The problem with being nice in an audition room, isn't it? 
You want to oh. you want to put that arm around someone's shoulder. You've built, we've all been there. We've all had a first audition if we're performers. So that's just you being a nice guy. Now, my view is if you're even if you're trying to be the nice guy and you talk to someone in an audition, all it comes across is you are trying to in some way get inside their head and put them off the job. Always. Oh, I am I, I am in. I sit down. Blink but- on. Not have, have, anyone, you, have you been no. in that audition where someone is genuinely trying to do that to you? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's always one who's there, super cocky, like asking everyone questions. No one's trying to initiate conversation. On the I phone to their agent going, yeah, yeah, yeah. This should only take about five minutes. Yeah, I, I, I'll be at the Nash in uh, about 10. Like, I, there's there's always, the, or there, well, I don't audition anymore, but there was someone there was always somebody like that i suppose it, i'm talking you know i'm talking maybe 10 years ago now so things have changed and hopefully after obviously all this lockdown when anyone gets an audition again we're all going to be a bit more a bit more friendly to each other i think because we're all going to have missed it a bit more <laughs> thankful that we've got an audition <laughs> um <laughs> but I, I the one the one that i find most annoying is um when when you go to a, a casting director's office and uh, one of the other actors knows the um, casting assistant or or uh, whoever's working as secretary. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's my sister. <laughs> oh, yeah, often, <laughs> often, they're, often they're, um, they're actors as well. Uh, and they just start talking to them, but not in a way that they're just having a conversation with an old friend, but in a way that they're trying to make everyone else like here oh i've got an in i know i know this person and i'm already all mixed up with the casting director and everything and it's like no if they're really just your mate then you say hi and sit down and they'll know that you're at work and you're doing your thing and you don't need to catch up right then and there and respectively you need to let the casting team do their job yeah because they're not thinking you know they're not thinking like that they've got 40 50 people to see throughout the afternoon and it's never it's never from them it's mm. I, I always think that one of the, the best things that a performer can do to understand the audition situation is at some point in their career work on a panel. Because yeah. when I started working in casting, it was one of the most eye-opening things for my performing career in such a wonderful way. And it helped me guide my audition process and every single step of it from talking to agents at the beginning uh talking to actors when they didn't get the job or when they did get the job and even running the day itself it just it just helps so much and and then going to auditions as back as a performer when i did it means that you just appreciate every single person in that room every single person from the runner getting the the panel coffee to the person checking you in to the director and the casting director and the musical director if if it was the musical audition in the room knowing that they're in there probably from eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night and they can't move bless them i used to get really nervous in auditions uh, and it always manifested itself in talking too much not necessarily like I knew people because I didn't ever know people. But when I, I took my vocal group in for an audition for a BBC One singing thing, um, it, quite a, it was a short lived show, but it was based around uh, the vocal group world. And it was very specifically appropriate for us. I'm very quite hesitant to do that kind of, of TV, mm. but I wasn't on my own and none of us felt like we were on our own. And we all agreed that we'd go in there sing for the panel have a chat to them if nothing comes a bit great but actually when we went in there it was wonderful they were lovely we did a three song set for about 12 a panel of about 12 people including like some really big people within the vocal group world 
that I idolised for years and years and years. Sang really well. I just had a really... It was one of those times that everything kind of settled and everything was great. We sang really well. The acoustics were beautiful in the room. And you could see the MD that I wanted to impress because I knew he was kind of really digging it as well and smiling. And, and that's just exactly what you want. But then the TV producers started talking to me and my mouth just started to verbally vomit. I think I insulted her and said, oh, you've been it because we were the last act of the day as well. And I knew that. Uh, and it wasn't filmed for TV or anything. This was a private audition. But I started asking her if she'd had a drink yet. And she kept having a cup of coffee. And I just said, oh, it must be gin in there. And I just couldn't let that go in my head. In my head, I just went, talk to her about the gin more. Talk to her about the gin more. Oh, God. Now, I've since worked with this producer on a different project uh, on my own. Um when I was a judge on Altogether Now, and I, I've mentioned it to her, and she just went, oh, we just knew you were nervous. But I just basically called her an alcoholic in front of everyone. <laughs> I just got, oh, my God. And for the rest of the evening, I just thought, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said that. I think it's it's like what Will said at the beginning. You, I, I feel you have very little control over what you do in an audition. No. You you go in and you've got all the prep that you've done before and hopefully that helps. But once you go in, it's just going to happen how it's going to happen and you're going to walk out and think, what the hell was that? I am, I'm tr desperately trying to remember a story from an audition um, that I went in and did something very similar and um, I had complete verbal diarrhea. And it was to do with uh, sports advert casting and it was all to do with um, dreams and all this sort of stuff. Ooh. And I kind of went, um, oh, yeah, I have mental dreams. Like every night I, I wake up uh, and I just be like, oh, my God, that was the craziest dream ever. And she went, oh, really? Like, have you got an example? And I was like, um, oh. Um, Make oh, something you, up. I was like, oh, do you know, you know what? Oh, you, I, I'm trying to remember the one I had last night. And I was just sitting there for like five minutes. And no, I also said something to her. Didn't. I definitely insulted her. And I can't remember what I said, but afterwards I went, oh, no, no, not like that. Not like there's anything wrong with that or anything. And I was like, oh, my God, Will, just shut up. Do you want to borrow my spade? Straight out of the movie. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, I'm, I'm a terror. It could have gone the other way and you could have just said something absolutely boring. Oh, well, God, I think that's these... essentially what it what it ended up being. So, <laughs> But you um, insulted her at the same time. Well, yeah. And oh, honestly, just I shouldn't be allowed in audition rooms. I'm just saying it now. <laughs> As your listeners will have garnered so far, I am not an audition expert by any means. And this one, among the many that I've cocked up, was particularly bad. Um, so, yeah, it was for a German crisp brand um, that I can't remember the name of. Um, I don't really know any German crisps. Um, and they had stressed several times in the breakdown that they wanted Harry Styles, but not Harry Styles. So it said, like, he has the look of Harry Styles and the energy of Harry Styles and the hair of Harry Styles. And honestly, it went on and on and on. And like, I was already quite overwhelmed at the fact that I look nothing like Harry Styles. Um, and I'd walked into a casting office that just looked like One Direction had, had vomited over. Essentially, Everyone was in skinny jeans and plain white T-shirts and, um, you know, had the floppy hair kind of thing obviously listeners can't see what I'm that doing that was a there. very visual but, Harry Styles impression you, know? yeah, you just put your hand over your head and made a whoosh, whoosh noise I like yeah, it exactly. I like it yeah yeah. but anyway so they called uh, me and a girl in um, for the sake of argument let's call this girl Susie um, and, and they it's took us both it's always Susie with you <laughs> I, I don't know Susie yeah Susie Jemima shout out to whatever Susie you if you're listening 
yeah whatever you want and uh, she'll probably if she is listening then I'm, I'm so so sorry um but yes they took us into the room at the same time and uh, the setup was that we were meant to be on a park bench and i had my arm around her uh, whilst also hand feeding her from a bag of crisps that was next to me Next-y. so you, uh, so you're so was she on your right or your left because i've been trying to imagine this and i can't so quite she was on my left with yeah. my and the bag of crisps was by my thigh sitting down on the bench to my and right. your left arm was around her uh, around her yeah right okay, cool. okay and i, I mean now. the breakdown was mad like the stuff that it was saying it was like um the idea was this this guy gets shouted at by his mum and it says he closes his eyes as if the force of 10,000 volcanoes has breezed over him or some garbage like that. I don't know. Volcanoes don't breeze? I don't. It honestly it was <laughs> something devastate. like that. It, did, it made no sense. Um, and so I was, it was all very, very stressful and I'm actually getting a bit of PTSD thinking back to this. Um, but yeah, so bear in mind, I'd only met this girl, what, three seconds before as it is with commercial castings. It's just the way it has to go and i was hand feeding her a bag of crisps and i was fairly new to acting at this point as well this was maybe like a few months in first three or four auditions anyway um i got my coordination a bit mixed up and instead of just reaching into the bag by my side and feeding her one-handed with the crisps i decided to take the bag of crisps to the hand that was around her shoulder so in my right hand take it to the left hand if this is not making sense just stop me anyway for some reason i thought that'd be easier to feed her that way but due to the stress (laughs) of not looking like harry styles and having to hand feed a complete stranger uh, my arm had naturally a fair bit of nervous energy and momentum behind (laughs) it and it moved a little faster and harder than i'd anticipated yes you can imagine shaking away but yes (laughs) To cut a long story short, on the way to my other hand, the bag of crisps was shoved straight into the girl's face with rather more force than I care to admit. (laughs) Yes, it came to the crunch. And um, honestly, the whole room froze. It went like pin drop silent. Nobody laughed. It wasn't considered a funny thing in the audition room. Um, And the casting director just broke the silence and said, right, I think we'll do Susie's close up now. And... Uh, needless to say I didn't um, get the job and the girl gave me the most filthy look and shake of the head on the way out and I was ruined her audition I was more mortified for her than I was for me because I felt so bad but it was just she was just shaking crumbs off her face that's what she wrote well exactly and there was no no laughter in the room or anything it was honestly like it was like I'd like I'd done something terrible. Oh, like mate. Her in the face with a bag of crisps. Yeah, you did. So there you go. And I like that you've given yourself the excuse here that it was because you were nervous about not looking like Harry Styles. I, I'm sorry, but you just who who what? serves crisps that way? Can I can I tell you my uh, crisp brand story? Yeah, go for it. It's the crisp okay. section. I like it. This I like is the it. crisp section. So so. Uh, very popular Chris brand. Uh, this was a big commercial, lots of money on the line. I was very excited and quite nervous. Um, and I, I went in, uh, well, actually they, they sent out the breakdown and in the commercial, the character had to bite into an onion, a full oh. onion and, and not flinch. And so That's I can ask myself, like an apple. Please don't oh, me practice. Well, exactly. I was like, oh my God, they're going to ask me to do that clearly for, for the audition. I will, I will practice. And so oh, I, you idiot. <laughs> I did, I did a few, I did a few onions at home. There was a lot of flinching. It was not nice. 
that I, oh, that I went into this audit audition with great confidence knowing <laughs> that I was going to nail this and that if needs be for a good 10 seconds, I could not flinch. I get to the audition and some people are, are coming out and, you know, uh, one of them was like, oh yeah, yeah, I did, I did the onion. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, so then I go up and I'm ready. I'm ready for the onion. And I get up there and for some reason they say to me, can you please stand on the line and we're going to throw tennis balls at you and you have to dodge them like you're James Bond. That oh, was what yeah. I had to do for the audition. There was no onion. I, I have no idea to this day how that relates to the commercial. I, I genuinely think they found the person that they wanted earlier on in the day and they just started throwing tennis balls at me. Did you ever see the watch. advert? Because it's one of the best things is obviously seeing the advert, yeah. especially for commercial castings after, after you've done them and gone, why was I doing that on the audition room? Did you ever see this advert come out? I, I did. And, and in the advert, the guy bites into an onion. <laughs> <laughs> just think... At least you weren't the other way round and you'd been told to prepare that you were dodging tennis balls like James Bond and then you went into the audition and say, right, actually, we'd, what we'd like you to do is bite into this <laughs> onion <laughs> like it was an apple. And that's, well, that's I, hard. That's a hard thing to prepare. You, you what just, I you think just, we're not letting Alex off the hook here is that he did actually practice and bite an onion He's method. for an audition. He's got many I mean, layers. I, I wanted on. to be ready. I think in every audition you go into now, Alex, you should start with just going, hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I can do. Here's another submission uh, by a listener. This is quite a long one, so buckle up. And this is this is very much one of those stories where something just doesn't quite work. Um, and it, it, it's, oh, we've all been to this. So... This is called Dance Call Prep. I've always considered myself to be an actor-singer rather than a dancer. I received a degree in acting and just so happened to enjoy singing, so naturally I went down the career path of musical theatre. This had the occasional bump in the road, as I have no previous dance experience. I grew up in a small, conservative Christian town in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, when dancing legitimately wasn't allowed at functions. Besides Klompen dancing during the annual Dutch Tulip Festival, is that that's what he says, I'm not even kidding. Even oh, wow. Kevin Bacon couldn't sway my very white hometown. As a result, dancing has been one of my greatest fears. Despite my background giving me no aid, I'm a hard worker, and my love for musicals powered me through faking dance calls and chorus numbers. Though I've recently been going to consistent dance classes, my skills are best used in acting heavy sh in acting heavy shows rather than movement heavy ones. That's a fair point to say, isn't it? You know, mm. he knows his strengths, but he can get away with it if need be. With all that said, you can imagine my surprise when my agent sent me an audition for a leading role in a classic tap dancing musical. The listing specified very professional slash advanced level tappers. Now, I have tapped before and can shuffle my way through some basic choreo but I wouldn't use the words very advanced to describe my tap skills. So I messaged my agent with a slightly better worded version of, um, are you sure? 
and after they questioned it with the with the panel they assured me that they did want to see as many guys as possible because uh, they needed to have a big choice so i agreed and said i'd give it my all as long as they knew what i could do in preparation i intended uh, an intermediate tap class which was difficult but i got my way through it pretty well and spent four and a half hours perfecting a triple time step in my bedroom uh, for those of you who don't know tap, that's a, a relatively standard uh, move that you're going to have to do in, in any kind of show, really. <clears throat> the tap equivalent of a double pirouette. The day of the audition arrives. Here, the group before me working away at the tap call in the next room. Not a single triple time step. He says a swear word there, so I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, my group goes in and everyone is very lovely and personable. I'm determined to do my best and not let the shut up voices pin me down. The choreographer says, OK, we're first going to do a rhythm routine just to see some technique and cleanliness of sounds. It should be pretty simple for most of you. Amazing. Here goes. The first section is The whole room immediately repeats it. I stare blankly at my feet, trying to comprehend even one of the sounds. Great. Next section is. And he continues to teach a 20 second number. I power through, absorbing as much as possible and faking my way through the rest. Now, thankfully, I was standing behind a stunning, leggy girl who had the steps down flawlessly and I could watch her and follow her perfectly. They line us up by name. I'm front and centre. Damn it. But I'm still smiling. After two times through as a group, I'm feeling okay about my faking skills and I'm giving myself grace and praise for powering through. All right, now we're going to go down the line and everyone will do it individually. Oh, no. First person goes flawless second person goes flawless third person goes 90 percent flawless but really really good fourth flawless me brush hop step step splat whoops uh, uh sorry uh, i'll start that again they smile i smile i plug my way through and i say a silent thank you prayer to god i probably don't believe in <laughs> that the final step in the routine is something i know how to do i sigh a sigh of relief that it's all over Thank you, everyone. Now we're going to learn the actual routine. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we do the routine. I ask questions when appropriate, never given up, and approach it all with a willingness to learn and do my best. They thank us for all our hard work and say they'll unfortunately need to make some cuts before the singing audition, but to get changed and have our music ready just in case we're called in. Nineteen sweaty dancers and I move to the other room, while everyone is humming as they flip through music and reapply makeup, I'm packing my bag and double knotting my shoelaces with a smile. They announce the six people called back, which shockingly I wasn't part of. I say a genuine thank you and I'm the first person out the door. I finish the day off with a brief report to my agent, a manic laugh and an entire bottle of wine. Oh, I would cry. I really would. If, well, if I had to go anywhere near a tap audition, to be honest with you. Oh, so, I... It's when an agent is nice and thorough and checks in with the casting team to say, we, we think he's right for it. Um, and then they say we need really good tappers and, and they, you know, the agents do their diligence and say to them, are you absolutely sure that you want to see this person? He, he can tap a bit, but he's not like that level. And they say, yes, we'd like to see him. That's all you can do uh, until you turn up and find that it's, <laughs> it might as well be a Royal Ballet audition. 
I have huh. a, a story uh, s- sort of similarly linked to where you know your agent does all the due diligence and um, the casting director has said yes they want to see you and then you turn up and and they ask you to do something quite drastically different um uh, <laughs> this was for a uh, a big sports company um and they'd asked for a rugby player um you know i used to play rugby at school i was like okay cool they kind of gave me the uh, impression that it would be sort of like you know striped thick rugby shirts you used to wear and you know back to the old public school days playing rugby and all this sort of thing i think okay cool okay so i look like a rugby player that's fine i can do that uh, and i go in and they, they give me the sides um and kind of go in and, and deliver them and, and they did a little laugh and went yeah that's absolutely fantastic fantastic and then they went but can you wrap it though oh hello and um, <laughs> alex's face is hilarious i said <laughs> I said, well, I, I can, if you'd like me to. <laughs> you you always say yes. You always say well, yes. Seriously. Yes, and So, I proceed to um, have, a, have a go at, at the rap. And honestly, it, was, it you know, it, it was um, a woman who we were talking about um, living in Tunbridge Wells and, and how her sons went to school there, one of the cast directors, um, and the other guy. And they were going... You know, yeah, just really get the get the rhythm. You know, got to keep it fresh, keep it real, keep it cool. And I was like, oh, that does God. sound like rapping to me. Oh my, well, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and um, so, you know, I gave it another shot, and I went, okay, brill, thank you. And then I walked out of the audition, and this is where it really took a turn. In front of me was bless him, this chubby, red-cheeked, twelve-year-old boy in an actual striped rugby shirt, and his mum looked down at him and then looked up at me and went, how old is this rugby player supposed to be? And I said, I don't think it matters. He's going to have to rap. (laughs) 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 So that was was a fun little one. That was fun. Needless to say, neither of us got the job. Um, That's how all of the stories finish. Needless to say, I didn't get the job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Going back to sort of the original story here, I um, sort of campaigned quite heavily when uh, a certain major West End show uh, came over uh, from America, which required people who were very much uh, my look and style, that of course required a lot of tapping. Perhaps even the same show, considering that you said this person was from the um, Northwest of the States. It might Um, well be. Might well be. Um, And I, I completely understand like, where people are coming from because it's like you can do the other things I, I i knew i could sing the the part i know i can act the part but i can't tap and and there's always that bit in the back of your mind that's like maybe maybe <laughs> if they really like me they'll teach me to tap <laughs> or the bit in the back of your mind going maybe maybe i can tap maybe i'm just naturally really good at tap and I just haven't realized it yet. Yeah, it's just sort of like one of those things where people get hit on the head and then suddenly wake up and have this new skill. It's like, maybe that happened to me last night and I can tap now. Oh, I can speak French fluently. Oh, how amazing. Très bien. And you just waking up going, oh, I'm Fred Astaire. <laughs> exactly. Well, I did I did go out and buy some tap shoes and I went to maybe one or two classes at Pineapple and <laughs> I realized it was not for me. 
For that show in question, you're going to need more than a couple of classes at Pineapple. <laughs> yes, I can, I can imagine so. I've seen it now, and I realize that there is no part that gets to go through it without a bit of tap. So. Was there one guy in the back that was just like shuffling through and you go, damn it, that was my part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's, there's always that. There's oh, always dear. that guy who doesn't have to do much dancing. And you're like, why can I do that? <laughs> but that's the one I could be. <laughs> oh, dear. So this final story that was submitted this week is a bit of a it's a bit of a novel. Again, there's been a couple like this, but it's great. By the way, if you'd like to submit your stories to us, please email them through to don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at don'tcalluspod or Instagram. Just slide into the DMs. We'll, 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 we'll put you in touch with the right email address. It's fine. Now, this way, that sounds worse than it is. Don't worry. So this next one, I do have to read it. And whoever sent this one in, well, I know who you are. But anonymously, this is this 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 made me cringe listening to this one, not because it was anything that the the actor did, but more how the actor was treated by someone else in the audition room. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, boys. So my story is about my first audition out of training. It was late February last year for a show uh, by a Liverpool based uh, fringe theatre company. It was a profit share show, but my agent sent me forward for it, saying it'd be a really good opportunity this early in my career. When I turned up, his entire client roster was at the audition. He clearly just put forward all of his clients for this play, and they'd all been called in. That was alarm bell number one. Alarm bell number two was when the person leading the audition informed us that it would be a group audition, despite never having mentioned anything like this in the brief or the invitation to the audition. Alarm bell number three was when she said that she wasn't used to working with such big groups at once. There were about 40 of us in this room at one time, and it was just a room above a pub in Liverpool. She then proceeded to run an absolutely shambolic workshop. Uh, There was no structure or control over anything, and it was just a little bit too chaotic for most of us. We then get told to break for the toilet for 20 minutes before we resume. So I got talking to some of the other actors. And this is where it gets interesting. Alarm bell number four was when I ended up talking to one of the most obnoxious people I've ever met. She opened with, So have you done anything big? I instantly regretted talking to her. She proceeded to wax lyrical about how wonderful it is to work in showbiz and how she was just here as a favour to the director who was a close personal friend of hers. She then proceeded to tell me that the lead had been guaranteed to her already and that auditions were merely a polite formality. I began to wonder what... (laughs) Just knowing that casting person. I began to wonder what in the hell I was doing there, having taken time off my normal job, and why my agent ever thought this would be a good opportunity if the lead had already been cast. The break ended, and we were put into pairs to rehearse a duologue from the script. I was placed with an older gentleman who asked me what I thought of the script. I said I hadn't read it, and this was the first time that I'd been given it. He looked puzzled and said he'd had it for a whole week, the entire script. Now, whether this is my agent's fault or the fault of the casting team or the production companies, besides the point, that was alarm bell number five that I hadn't even been able to read the script in advance, and everyone else had. So we rehearsed as best we could in this cramped room with 38 other actors all loudly rehearsing alongside us, which if you've ever had to do that at a casting is absolute hell. It's really hard, that. So hats off to you for keeping going. Mm. 
Then it came time to perform our duologues for not only the panel, but also all of my fellow actors. I felt like I was at a drama summer camp or something and not a professional first audition. Back to the aforementioned obnoxious actress. She proceeded to scream most of her dialogue, fake crying and rolling around on the floor. At this point... Bold choice. It's a bold choice. At this point, I didn't particularly want to work in this show, so finished the audition and packed up my things. But when it was over, the girl in question made a beeline for me and another actor who was also represented by the same agency as us. She asked if we wanted to go for a coffee. Now, me being far too polite and British said, yes, of course, that'd be nice. What a foolish dunderhead I am. That's a lovely word I don't think I've ever heard before. At the coffee shop, she asked what we thought of her scene. Now, obviously, I'm not going to actually critique this stranger on her acting. That's just not what you do. Yeah. We both just nodded uh, as she mumbled some words of positive and we mumbled some words of positive reinforcement. Without missing a beat and completely unasked for, she began to thoroughly critique my performance to my face. Oh, to quote verbatim, I thought yours was okay, but I can see you have trouble connecting with other actors in scene work. Did they not teach you about figure of eight at drama school? I was pretty speechless, but again, just gritted my teeth and stay polite. She asked where I trained. I told her I trained at a northern drama school, a reputable one. She then said, oh, that explains it. I asked her what she meant. She said that drama schools outside of London just aren't quite up to the same standards as those based in the capital. And now it made sense. <laughs> it was at this point I'd had enough. I used all my best improvs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, goodness me, face of stone by now. I used all my best improv skills that I'd learned to pretend I was receiving a call from my housemate who'd left his keys at his girlfriend's in York. And could I come back to the flat to let him in? I politely excused myself from this awful post-audition coffee. Fast forward a few weeks after that and I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see an official post from the show saying that she'd got the lead role. Oh, come on. No. Oh, God. Oh, that is not the way to talk to a fellow performer after an audition that clearly was, inc job. was incredibly stressful and clearly... There was no point for the audition in the first place. That's the worst. Uh, That's the worst. What you have to tell yourself in those situations is that you're 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 not doing it for this one job. You're doing it for, um, you know, hopefully someone in that room one day remembers the performance you gave, and that leads to something else. And you're doing it for the exercise of doing it which is always good practice. And the best advice I ever got, uh, ever got is um, no one's ever going to reward you for doing a good audition. So you need to reward yourself. And when you do a good audition, go and, go and get an ice cream or something. Oh, reward yourself. Absolutely. And I do that nice. It's a really good thing to, to kind of, like you said, teach yourself. I always, I, like I said, got, always used to get really nervous in auditions. And the thing that changed it for me was, uh, it was, it was a weird mindset that I kind of fell into but it really, I found it really helped. So if I go into an audition and, and whether I ballsed it up or I absolutely felt like I'd smashed it and, and the panel were really gracious with, you know, kind compliments or whatever, immediately that I closed that door behind me, I would think to myself, oh, well, I didn't get it. Let's move on and just and just forget about it. If I got a call then saying I was recalled or I got the job, excellent. 
it's a bonus but you haven't lost anything by immediately thinking never mind and not going oh my god i didn't get the job literally going oh well on to the next one because if, if you do material, get come pardon um, if they send material i always tend to do that where i uh, i make sure i print it out take it to the audition and then put it make sure i put it in the bin after the audition is over just as like a kind of a symbol of closure just to forget about it and be like you don't have it hanging that's around so on the table wasteful i know You're i'm killing wasting the planet paper. i'm killing the planet but he just shoved I'm it in another person's soul. face in the audition room. That's all he did. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, when you say reward yourself for a good audition, what do you do if you hit a girl in face with a bag of crisps after an audition? You buy her a multi-pack of Cheetos. You, yeah. <laughs> I don't think she wanted you to buy, You to buy her the ice cream. <laughs> so before we wrap up, have you got any stories of, uh, just to remind people, it's not just at the auditions that can go wrong or not go to plan. Have you got any stories for me about when it happened on stage or after you got the job something went wrong during the production yeah i mean this is this is the like one of my first uh or or strongest memories of acting it was in i think my um final middle school play so this is going going back a while oh brilliant um, i i love I've, i love a dated show i love this i love it already because i've not even thought of I've, school productions this is genius oh that this one is one that i've just never been able to to let go of this moment um because it, it was such a high and then such a low um I, I was doing this scene and it was uh, uh, in a, a series of Chekhov short stories. And I was sitting in this big armchair um, and there was this uh, woman sort of doing a huge uh, monologue. And I, I was I was listening to it. But as I was listening to it, I was like, I have absolutely no idea <laughs> what my line is after this monologue. <laughs> I love it. I love those moments. And Whoa. sitting in this huge armchair and just getting sl like slowly sinking into it, feeling like the armchair was getting bigger and bigger and just slowly going red and hot and my <laughs> heart just beating. And I have never felt like that before in my life or since. And I just wanted to die. And, and I, I just remember trying to focus so hard on what she was saying. And I was just like scrunching my face and just like looking at her as she was pacing up and down no. on the stage doing her bit. And then she gives her cue line and suddenly my line just comes out. Oh, that's oh, not, what a that's ride. A, and, oh. Wait, 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 wait. You got away with it. <laughs> and wait, wait, and I was so elated and pleased with myself that somewhere deep down I had I had done such preparation that when the cue line came out it was just natural and then afterwards I was with my family and everyone was like oh as they are with middle school plays oh you were so great you were so great fantastic and then um we're in the car afterwards and I say oh you know during that bit I completely forgot my line could you tell and everyone went no 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 of course not Except my brother, who went, oh, is is that why you were doing that thing with your face? <laughs> I thought you were just checking. I thought you were just checking out her ass. <laughs> so it clearly looked like I was just really trying to look at this this woman doing her monologue. 
<laughs> and he said the whole time it looked like I was just checking her out. Oh, okay, well, I, I'm I'm going to blow Alex's line for getting story out of the water here. Oh, I love it. Because I have already. had the a Titanic line forgetful moment where I, at university uh, in my second year, at the end of the year at uni, there was this big, big festival of productions and plays and i mean you know it, it's around exam time at university and it's around the time when you're drinking more than you should and your brain is addled um, because it's you know it's summertime you know that's what you do and um you can be in as many productions as you, as you like and i stupidly um was in i believe it was five or six um, one of which was a full rendition of of the homecoming which um i did actually have to um get the script and recover it with a different book cover uh, and pretend that I was reading a book and reading my lines out of it on stage. But that wasn't <laughs> that the worst chestnut. bit. So I was, uh, well, classic, that one. <laughs> I, I was involved in, with Shakespeare Society uh, quite heavily at, at university. I love my, love my Shakespeare. Um, and I was doing a scene from Measure for Measure. I was playing Angelo. And I'll be honest, I didn't know the lines. I didn't know them at all. And I knew that I didn't know them. Um, and I turned up on the day and I was like, oh, my God, I've got to tell them that I can't do it. This sort of stuff. And um, I was like, no, no, you've got to persevere. So it did, it did the big scene. And I kind of got halfway through. And this was on a, an open day as well. So there were prospective students walking around. And what I haven't mentioned earlier is I had a printed off version of the script in my pocket because I was like, oh, I need to learn the lines uh, before I go on stage, desperately looking at it. You and just I stopped always mid carry scene. scripts around with you, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I stopped mid-monologue and just went, oh, can't do this. And I pulled out the script out of my pocket and proceeded to read the scene off the script. And I was mortified. Oh, no. Wow. And then you threw it in the bin afterwards and had to print the whole play out again. Was Of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, it was mate. in the atrium of the SU as well. Oh, well. So everyone saw. Yeah. It's oh pretty, dear! Pretty traumatic. One final thing before we go, boys, one each. What would you add to the audition process to change it for the better? I'm gonna gonna take something from uh, the film Goodwill Hunting, and as you've heard, I I screw up in auditions a fair bit, and and I yeah. I'm quite nervous before I go into them. So what I want someone to do, each casting director that, that sees me before an audition, is to come out and hold me like Robin Williams did to Matt Damon and just say, it's not your fault. <laughs> before you go in. Before I go in. <laughs> Whilst you weep into their shoulder. Yes, and then maybe I'll be prepared. It's not your know, fault. But yeah, Slam it's some, not your fault. fault. Slam some what-sits into fault. an actor's face before you go in. Bang, right, Will's ready. That <laughs> always just... gets me hyped. Let me just get every Shakespeare sonnet out of my pocket. Okay, let me... I've not come off well on this, have I? <laughs> I'm never getting cast again. Per personally, I would like um, a, a a panic button. <laughs> like a, a, a button or a phrase that you can use when you just, you know it's not working out. And you can just like, you know, no shame on any side. You just say, this this isn't working out. Let's cut our losses here. I, I, I had an audition where the the casting director kept trying to get me to do a line a certain way 
to the point that they then got up, got into the seat that I was in, oh. and and did the line for me oh, and said, man. do it like that. And at that point, I just wanted to go, this isn't working out. I'm just going to leave and save you some time. You clearly are looking for something very different. Let's just call it quits. Why are we going through the charade of the rest of this? It's almost it's almost a respect to the panel more than anything else. Going, I'm I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna waste your time anymore. <laughs> it's 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 like when uh you know great chess masters the 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 highest uh level Alex of respect comparing himself to a great chess master right here just to check him on that <laughs> the, one. The <laughs> highest level of respect you can show is when you know you're beat and you you forfeit. You don't you don't go through the charade of you know you're beat. And you just you walk away, and I think I think you got to do it in in auditions. So, a a nice strong formal it's not your fault embrace, and a panic button, they get added to the list of audition additions. I love it. Thank you very much, boys. No, thank, thank you. you. It's been a blast. Well, there we go. That was another episode of our show. A massive thank you to Will and Alex for coming on. Um, I know Will has got a few more up his sleeve that he didn't tell me, so we'll definitely get them both back on in a future episode. <laughs> and as I was editing the show uh, this week, I, all the way through, I could just faintly hear my baby crying. Obviously, I've got my headphones on and the microphone in front of me, and I thought, oh, no, but the podcast, Baby Robin's awake. He, I thought I was editing when he was asleep for the first time today. But, and then I realised, no, no, no. He's been screaming for the whole recording session when I was talking to the boys last week. So very faintly, baby Robin got to say hello to you on the show today. So, hey, you've seen him now. So maybe I'll put a picture up on our Twitter at Don't Call Us Pod. Thank you so much to everyone who had the story read out and everyone who submitted their stories so far. We've had a lot come in that we're going to use next week and the week after, but we need more. We want you to be at the very heart of our show. And your story submissions to be exactly what drives the, the humour and the stories and the emotion in the show. So please make sure you email them through to us at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. And make sure you tell your friends who've got those tales that you know they've told them to you in the pub before. Get them to send them in, um, whether they're an actor, performer, casting director, director, whatever, producer. We want to hear them from all sides of the table. And we want to build this amazing community of people who go to auditions and work in the entertainment industry to remind them it's it's all right when it doesn't go your way. It's all right when it doesn't go to plan. We've all had those moments. Um, if you want to give us a rating on your podcast platform of choice, that's really, really great. Thank you so much for those who have already. We really appreciate them and we see them all. So if you want to leave us a little comment and tell us a story in your review, then we'll, we'll tell it on the show as well. Um, and we're going to put a few clips on our social media, Instagram and, and Twitter for you to share with your friends. So if they haven't heard the show yet, you can tell them what they're missing and, and come and have a giggle through these hard times with us on the podcast. So thank you very much once again. We will be back next Friday morning at eight o'clock for another episode of the show. A big thanks from John, our producer, myself, Christopher, the host and Alex and Will as well. Have a good week. Keep yourself safe. Wash your hands every 20 minutes. And remember... Don't call us, we'll call you. Goodbye!